Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto the ages of all ages, amen. Um, I was just speaking with the servants and I was telling them that I feel very um, embarrassed to be speaking about Abun Abshoi Kamil uh, for many reasons. One reason is that I haven't, I didn't actually meet Abun Abshoi. Abun Abshoi departed to, to the Paradise of Joy uh, in 1979, 40 years ago. Um, uh, de uh, departed to the Paradise of Joy 40 years ago uh, in 1979 and uh, uh, that was uh, just before I was born and then um, not at all and then um, the second reason is that uh, uh, all of us when we were ordained new uh, as priests we all uh, look for role models and and um, there's plenty of role models who are alive amongst us uh, that are uh, excellent examples of priesthood and what a priest ought to look like but then uh, there's also Abun Abshoi Kamil who stands in a league of his own um, as someone uh, who has really uh, like defied all of the laws of the normal and um, you know, uh, I was telling the servants, uh, you know, all my friends who were ordained uh, as priests, we all kind of went through this inferiority complex anytime we would think of Abun Abshoi Kamil or um, Abun Mechil Ibrahim, his spiritual father. Um, but nonetheless, um, I had the great blessing of being very close to people who were very close to Abun Abshoi. So I feel, if anything, almost like his grandson. Um, and in many sermons, I, I use many examples uh, and many things from his sermons. And I used to listen to his sermons uh, back when I had a cassette player. Um, I don't think I own one anymore. Um, I wanted to speak with you tonight about his character. Oftentimes when we hear about these saintly people and we hear stories about these saintly people, we forget that they were people just like anybody else. And I had the great pleasure of spending um, three or four days with Tosonia in jail. And she would constantly reiterate to me that Sabun Abshoi Kamil was not Superman. He was a normal human being, just like all the rest of us. And if we were to walk in the ways of holiness and to struggle in the ways of holiness and to desire to walk in holiness, we also could find ourselves being just like him. Um, and she would reiterate constantly to me, and those were her words, he was not some kind of Superman. Uh, th those were exactly her words. But there is a couple of things, a couple of virtues uh, in Abun Abshoi that shine so greatly because we don't see them very clearly in many other people. Like Abun Abshoi had, had really become a very fertile land bearing fruit, great fruit for Christ and had, had grown very, 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 you know, deeply in all the virtues and, and in, in, in trying to decide what to speak with you, what to speak about tonight, I realized that the best thing would be to speak about something which was not easily found in many other people. Jesus says, in the Beatitudes, in Matthew 5 and in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the, king, the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. 
And if I asked you, what does it mean to be meek? I think most people would be at a loss. And I mean, the promise here is pretty great. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I mean, if I told you, if I told you, open to the page six of this newspaper and you can find a coupon to get a free sandwich at McDonald's, everyone would run and go get that newspaper, you know? But we're, the promise here is of, is of something far greater, far greater. They shall inherit the earth, the whole earth they shall inherit. Isn't it worthwhile for us to ask ourselves, what does it mean to be meek? Abu Nabshoi can tell us what it means to be meek. About the fear of God, you know, some virtues are very difficult for us to describe. About the, the fear of God, somebody once asked St. Anthony, how can I acquire the fear of God? St. Anthony turned to him and told him, acquire for yourself a friend who has the fear of God, and then you will know what it is. And I tell you the truth, I spent a whole fast, a whole great Lent, studying the fear of God and felt like I didn't know anything more about it in the beginning as much as I did at the end. Like I felt like I learned nothing despite having read every book I could find in English, looked everything up I could find in the fathers, asked a million people for their advice and their guidance. And then I met somebody full of the fear of God. I knew immediately what it was. Meekness is very much the same. I had no idea what it meant to be meek until I happened to be visiting a convent once. And while I was visiting this convent, uh, they, had like a, they had like a farm, uh, sheep and goats and stuff. And so the mother superior told us, why don't you go and go and see the farm and this and that and come back and we'll have a cup of tea together. So I went, I went to the farm to go take a look and so on and, and see. And I found one of the nuns there was working quietly. And then the mother superior came kind of out of nowhere. I didn't see her. She came and she just reamed out the young nun. She just shouted at her and, and, and so on for I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it was for. But the reaction that I remember is not what, the, what she did wrong or, or why she got in trouble. What I remember is the reaction of that young nun. She just turned to her mother superior and she said to her, forgive me. And she, it sounded like it was genuine. You know, it sounded like it was genuine. And to me, it seemed like the reaction of, of the mother superior seemed somewhat, somewhat over the top, somewhat unnecessary. But I learned in that moment, I learned in that moment what meekness was. Meekness was to be like this young nun. This young nun who accepted whatever came her way without saying anything. Meekness was to be like the sheep that were in the barn, that were all around us. That as a sheep is silent when he goes to his shearers, so the Lord did not open his mouth when he was being on trial and when he was going to the cross. One of the fathers says, the meek are those who are content to endure an offense rather than to commit one. Did you catch that? The meek are those who are content 
to endure an offense rather than to commit one. The meek person is the person who says, better for me to keep my mouth shut, better for me not to say something, lest in saying something, I commit a sin. Maybe I could defend myself. Maybe I could say it wasn't my fault. Maybe I could. But maybe in so doing, I will become self-righteous. Maybe in so doing, I will judge the person in front of me. Maybe in so doing, I will get angry. The meek person is the person who accepts whatever comes to them, who is content to endure an offense rather than to commit one. St. Augustine says something really beautiful. He says, The meek are those who submit to wickedness and do not resist evil, but overcome evil with good. He's not talking here about do not resist temptation. He's talking about do not resist when people do evil things to them. Jesus says about himself, Jesus says about himself, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. That's the King James Version. The New King James Version says, For I am gentle and lowly of heart. So we find here that the two versions translate the word meek and gentle. So that gives you an idea of what it means to be, what it means to be meek. Sonia Angel was telling me a story that um, beside the church of St. George Sporting in Alexandria, there was a building right beside it, an apartment building. And it came up for sale. And Abun Abshoi thought this was an amazing opportunity, immediately right next door. And it came up for sale. And so he ran quickly and he gathered the board and he spoke to some of the wealthy donors and asked them if they would you know, be willing to support the purchase of the building. And they were all said yes. And everybody was, everything was you know, going in the right direction, right? And so Abu Nabshoi did all of this and he gathered the board. And he gathered the board and there were, he was still young. He was still very young. I mean, he died, he was 47. So he was, he was young, he was always young. But he was earlier in his priesthood and he gathered the board. And the board told him, no, there were two, three people on the board who told him, no, it won't work and it's too expensive and we can't and this and that. Abu Nabshoi just said, okay. So he came home. Sonia Anjil is telling me the story. And she asked him, hey, Abuna, what happened? And uh, did the donors say yes? He said, yes. And uh, how about this? Yes, everything was good. And, how about, and what did the board say? He said there were two or three people on the board who didn't think it was a good idea. So we're not going to do it. She said, why? He said, because they thought it was not a good idea. So we won't do it. She said, but, but th th they're wrong. You thought it was a great idea. You should tell them, I'm Abuna, and this and that. And he said, no, no, no. And Tosunia Anjil was saying about herself, she's saying, and I was angry, and I said, why? And no, and you have to go back to them. Tell me who it was, I will go speak to them. He said, no, 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 no. And he said to her, that building will never become the possession of the church better for the church to stay small the church building to stay small or smaller it was still a big 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 church but not to expand 
in real estate that is, and for us not to lose these two or three souls, then for us to lose them and buy all the buildings in Alexandria and not be able to, to rec recuperate them again. Look at the vision of this man. And to this day, Tosonia and Jail pointed me to the building. She said, to this day, we don't own the building. <laughs> when he was right and others were wrong, he didn't need to make his point. He didn't need to prove his point. He was okay. He was okay for somebody to say, you're wrong, even if he wasn't wrong. He was okay for, for, for people to say he was wrong even if he wasn't wrong. And many other stories, but that's the one that came to mind. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Being meek, there's another feature of being meek other than being able to accept blame and accept, accept false accusation silently. There's another feature of being meek. Being meek is being completely void of coercion to not coerce anybody what does it mean to coerce to force somebody you know when somebody forces you to do something you don't want to do it might be something bad but it might be something good sometimes somebody's trying to force you to do something that they believe is for your best interest we oftentimes refer to that in english as coercion Another definition I found Another Yeah, it's fine. Thanks, Tommy. Another definition I found for meekness is to be completely void of coercion. Meek in Arabic is wadiya. This spirit was very much present in Abu Nabshoi, as, as told by many stories of people telling me stories about him. I'll tell you a personal story. You won't find this one written in books. You won't find this one written in books. Or, uh, I don't know, I don't read Arabic, so maybe it's written in books, but this is a personal story. So my father knew Abu Nabshoi well. Although my father was from Cairo, he would go to Alexandria frequently to visit Abu Nabshoi. Even after my father immigrated to Canada, he would go back to Egypt to visit his family uh, or extended family, visit my mom's family, and he would pass. He would make sure to go to Alexandria to see Abu Nabshoi. One day, uh, when he was before my dad immigrated to Canada, when he went to go see Abu Nabshoi, he took his brother with him. My dad's brother, God rest his soul, was is departed now uh, was not very much into church in fact he almost never went to church almost never had communion certainly didn't confess he was a good man he loved God he worked very very hard he was a pharmacist and he worked seven days a week he loved his patients he loved his neighbors he loved so many people but he wasn't really into church my dad was worried for him so one day he said, look, let's go to Alexandria. So my dad's brother is a simple person, extremely intelligent, but simple in his actions. And he said, sure, no problem, I'll go with you. So they went. 
said, okay, let's pass by the church and pray. So my uncle said, sure, no problem. Let's go. So they went. And then my dad kind of, you know, was trying to force my uncle to go confess, you know. He said, this is a priest like, you know, like no one you've ever met before. You're going to love him. Why don't you go and confess? Uncle's like, oh, I don't know what to say and this and that. And he was making all kinds of... Finally, my dad kind of twisted his arm, kind of just like, you know, pushed him off the, off the edge of the cliff, you know. Right? And he took him to Abuna Pshoi and he told him, Abuna, he wants to confess, but he's shy. And my dad ran away. So my uncle was stuck. He's stuck in front of Abuna Pshoi. My uncle didn't know what to say. And he was bashful and confused and embarrassed. And Abuna Pshoi looked at him and he told him, uh, Habib, is this the first time you confess? He said, yes. He goes to him, look. Do you see over there, there's an icon of Jesus on the cross? He said, yes. So go tell him everything you want to tell him and then come and talk to me. So my uncle went. He stood in front of the icon of Christ on the cross for some time and then he came back. And Abu Nabshoi said, can I pray for you? So he said, yes. So he prayed the absolution for him. And then my uncle's looking at him and he's like, when do I confess? He's like, you just did. Yalla, go find your brother. What my dad did, my dad is, I love my dad, he's a saint, my biological father, I love him. That's coercion. What Abu Nabshoi did, that's meekness. That's meekness. Don't try this at home, okay? Don't start asking the priests to have your private confession with an icon of Christ on the cross, right? Let them do business the way they do business, but that's, that's how Abu Nabshoi dealt with that situation. No forcing, no coercion. People who write about Abu Nabshoi write that when you would sit with him in confession, he wouldn't talk to you too much about sin. He would talk with you about Jesus. He would make you see how sin is trivial, almost foolish, like it's almost not worth, it's almost not worth us to be talking about. Like, 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 like how often do you talk about you know the, the the atmospheric pressure you know no we don't we talk about the weather we talk about it's going to rain or sun, sun or shine or whatever but like we don't talk about that you know it's a non-issue it's a non-issue sin was like a non-issue to Abu Nabshoi Jesus was everything and just like Jesus he learned how to be how to be meek, how to be empty of any force, gently, kindly leading people with kindness and gentleness towards Jesus and towards their mother, the Holy Church. Find St. Paul gives St. Timothy some advice about meekness. He tells St. Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.11, but you, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. In 2 Timothy, St. Paul says, In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God may perhaps give repentance to them acknowledging the truth. He's saying, if you're going to speak with a sinner and try to, to show him the error of his ways, do it with meekness do it with gentleness do it with kindness 
Don't do it with force. Don't do it with pressure. Be gentle. Every morning we pray a Pauline reading from Ephesians chapter 4. And St. Paul says, With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Every morning, St. Paul is encouraging the Ephesian church and is encouraging each one of us and the Holy Spirit through the church and through Scripture is encouraging each one of us to be meek. Now look at the irony. The, the Beatitudes are full of irony. The person who doesn't take something by force Right, we said meekness was to not take by force, but accepts whatever comes to them with gentleness. That's what we said meekness was. The person who does not take by force shall inherit the earth. The person who does not take by force shall inherit the earth. This was Abu Nabshoi. How, how is this Abun Abshoi? Let me finish with this. The other day I was speaking to some youth. Can't remember if it was here or somewhere else. And um, I recognize one of the fathers says that God has sown seeds of the truth in all the world. But the truth is most clearly seen in the church. And the truth was fully revealed in the person of Christ. But we can find bits and pieces of truth everywhere we look. So oftentimes I'll quote famous people. So I was speaking with some youth and I quoted Michael Jordan. And everybody looked at me with a blank stare. Like nobody had any idea what I was saying. You know? When I was growing up, Michael Jordan was the god of basketball. Nobody didn't know who Michael Jordan was. Now all of you, half of you are looking at me with a, LeBron James. Right now everybody knows what I'm talking about. Right? So he was... Michael Jordan was the most eminent basketball player of his time. Was the highest paid athlete that was part of a national league in his time. Higher paid than any, um, higher paid than any hockey player or any baseball player in his time. Golfers make a lot of money, but they're not really in a league. And what, like 10 years after his retirement, 15 years after his retirement, you mention him to a room full of people. Nobody knows what you're talking about. It's forgotten. Forgotten. 40 years later, 40 years later, Abun Abshoi is remembered. Who inherited the earth? Who who stole our hearts and the hearts of generation after generation after generation. People who have never met the man have changed their lives 180 degrees for hearing about him. Who inherited the earth? Who is famous? Who is remembered? The people in the newspapers? No. The newspaper... The newspaper is it today, but tomorrow it's worth nothing because it's 
old news, literally. But those who sold everything they had for a pearl of great price, like Abu Nabshoi, those who were meek, indeed, true to his word, true to the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, inherited the earth. Glory be to God forever and ever. And I have sinned, forgive me, my fathers, absolve.